Minnesota isn't being talked about enough heading into 2022. They aren't for the amount that they return, for the head coach they have, for the staff that they've put together. They're not being talked about enough entering 2022. We'll get to their returning production, talk about their offense specifically, because that's where most of their returning production is, and talk about P.J. Fleck's resume here in a few minutes, because I think all these things tie in together for why Minnesota is going to have, at minimum, a slightly improved or similar season to last year, and at most could have a better season than they had in 2019, which sounds crazy, but this Minnesota team, I think, for 2022 is capable of winning the West. I just think so. And that's a combination of the roster they have, the staff they have, the schedule they have. They don't play Ohio State. There aren't really any guaranteed losses on that schedule whatsoever. You know, like facing Ohio State, if you're a West Division team, is a death sentence. They have too much talent. Ryan Day, he's again in year four, so there are people who are going to rightfully say, oh, he's overrated. But regardless of if if he is or isn't the talent and the staff that have been put together for a team like Ohio State, it's too much for any West Division, really any West Division team to overcome. Facing them is almost a death sentence, and I think that Iowa and Wisconsin facing them is just rest in peace. You're going to have to have that one loss no matter what on the schedule. Minnesota doesn't have that. And Minnesota has, more importantly, we're not really going to be talking about schedule or record predictions today, I think Minnesota has the most underrated head coach in the Big Ten. It's not Pat Fitzgerald. It's not Paul Christ. It's not Kirk Ferentz. We all know it's not James Franklin, but I just have to mention that. It's not Jim Harbaugh, not Ryan Day, not Mel Tucker. Though most people would rate all of those coaches ahead of P.J. Fleck, Overall, maybe there's an argument for that. For 2022 and for recent memory, not including all of those coaches' resumes, I don't think that's appropriate. Looking at the job that he's done at Minnesota in Western Michigan, you have to give him credit. He's not just a culture guy who says row the boat and lets his one of his players carry and charge out with an oar, though he does that. He's not just that. He's more than that. This man rebuilt Minnesota into what we know them now. He did that in three years. Three years took a team that survived the Jerry Kill era, had somewhat of a debacle with Tracy Clays, and he took them from a 5-7, and 2-7 and seven in conference season in 2017. And by 2019... They at some point were undefeated, more specifically than undefeated, they were they were 9-0, top 10 in the country, and they had a really realistic chance of winning the remainder of the regular season games. After starting 9-0, they, they went 1-2, they lost to rivals Iowa on the road, and Wisconsin at home, but that team was amazing. Going from five and seven to eleven and two in three years at a program like Minnesota, which doesn't have a lot of talent, doesn't have a lot of resources, it's impressive. You have to give him credit for there. He knew how to build a good staff, he still does, 
and he isn't a guy who he doesn't make friends with his staff and by that i don't mean like oh he doesn't have good relationships with them i more so mean he isn't loyal to them to the end like look at kirk ferentz who yes pj fleck hasn't beaten kirk ferentz i don't exactly know if his son brian ferentz should be the oc if Iowa football wants to survive and have the success it's had these past few years for the next five. Look at Mark D'Antonio at Michigan State, loyal to his staff until the end, and it was his undoing. P.J. Fleck is not that. He fired defensive coordinator or former defensive coordinator Rob Smith in the middle of the season in 2018 when they were better than their previous year. And Joe Rossi came into the picture, and the following year they were much better. This year, the offense was atrocious, same in 2020. So he fired Mike Sanford Jr. and brought back the guy who was a part of the master plan for the 2019 season in Kirk Sharaka, who also brought Tanner Morgan his best season by a mile. In 2020 and 2021, Minnesota fans and college football fans who follow most Power 5 programs know that Tanner Morgan's seasons after 2019 were not nearly as productive, efficient, or statistically impressive as that lone 2019 season. Very impressive QB, didn't blend as well with the staff after Kirk Sharaka departed. Now that he is back, I think that there will be some improvement, but that's yet to be seen. You're going to have to see all the games play out and such, because he has been away for a while. Went to Penn State in 2020, got canned after one bad year, and some differences between him and the Penn State staff, was on West Virginia's staff as an analyst for this past season, and he, he's now back at Minnesota. But P.J. Fleck has been, or, he orchestrated all of that, and by that I mean just the success of this Minnesota program, introducing a winning culture, bringing in coaches that know what they're doing and know how to win, not just when to meet the standards of the Minnesota fan base, but that can that can win at a level that perhaps the Minnesota fan base and administration hasn't seen before. So I think that Fleck is, I think he's absolutely an impressive head coach. I think it's disappointing to see that a lot of people rank him not only in the bottom seven of Big Ten coaches, but even in the bottom six, five, four, I just I don't I don't get that. I don't understand it. I don't buy into it. He just even looking at the COVID year where Minnesota was just marred constantly by illness there. And even in 2021 where Minnesota was again marred by not illness but injuries with most notably Muhammad Ibrahim and Trace and Potts. Imagine if they weren't marred by some of those bad circumstances that were out of Minnesota's well control. And he still went 23-10 and 10 in his past three seasons, including that very down COVID year. And speaking of that, let's just let's get into that, his resume, because I do mention that. And in his past three years, he's 23-10, and 10, which includes a COVID year that messed up several programs. Minnesota's was less due to schematics and arrogance, which I think was Penn State and Michigan's problem, for example, in 2020, a lot of it was due to the fact that their roster was just never together and healthy, because if you got COVID, you know, in 2020, you had to sit out for a game or two, 
And if a certain amount of your roster was sick, you just couldn't play a game, period, that you were scheduled to play. But Flex resume entering 2022, his current resume is he's 65 and 45 as a head coach. Now, that by itself isn't impressive until you factor in that he coached at Western Michigan and Minnesota, and he didn't inherit greatness when going to those programs. He didn't. And Western Michigan was also his first first head coaching job. He was never a coordinator before doing this either. His resume before becoming a head coach was he was a graduate assistant at Ohio State, a wide receivers coach at Northern Illinois, which was his alma mater, from 2007 to 2009, then went to Rutgers for two years from 2010 to 11 as a wide receivers coach, and spent one year in the NFL coaching wide receivers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Then became the head coach at Western Michigan, so he's obviously learning on the job in an ideal environment to do so in a Mac in the Mac conference. And he took Western Michigan from a one and eleven, one and seven in conference record. And in four years, in 2016, Western Michigan was 13 and one. They won the Mac. They were eight and zero in conference. Their sole loss coming to a top 10 Wisconsin team in the Goodyear Cotton Bowl, which concluded Western Michigan and Wisconsin's 2017 season. The loss was by eight points. So he rebuilt Western Michigan. He seems to have rebuilt Minnesota. I'd say by year five, you know what you're getting out of a head coach. At least you have an idea. And Minnesota is certainly trending up. They had a great 2019 season, a down COVID season, and going 9-4 and four with the injuries they had and the incompetent OC that was there in 2021. It was impressive that they went 9-4. and four. And their 9-4 and four season, I think, just embodies the culture that P.J. Fleck has, the mental toughness that his teams carry. 2021 Minnesota was an interesting team. The team only allowed 17.3 points per game, which was sixth in the nation. They had one of the nation's best defenses, and I think in one category they were the best, at least in the Big Ten. I I think that was passing defense. Don't think it was rushing defense. I think that that was Wisconsin or Iowa or someone, not named Minnesota. Correct me if I'm wrong in the comments below. But they were sixth in the nation in allowed points per game, so in scoring defense. They were 83rd out of 130 teams in scoring offense. Now, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Penn State, even though Penn State went 7-6, and six, I think they were still a good football team. Four football teams in the Big Ten that I would consider good football teams, teams that could compete with good teams and have some, have some impressive wins, all had bad offenses with amazing defenses. And Minnesota, unlike those other three, well, Penn State had to deal with some injuries, but Minnesota had from the get-go, their best player in Muhammad Ibrahim was out for the season, ruptured his Achilles in the Ohio State game. And a guy like that, an X-Factor player being out, that causes damage. Minnesota, after that, they dominated Colorado on the road after losing to Ohio State, and then the unthinkable happened. I mean, they beat Miami, Ohio before Colorado, 
But after that, they lost at home to Bowling Green. Normally, when you lose to a MAC team at home, and you're a Big Ten team, tough times are coming. Like, really tough times. A losing season, maybe a 500 season. You don't lose at home to Scott Loeffler's Bowling Green, who was 4-8 and eight this past season. You don't lose to a 4-8 and eight team at home and then proceed to go 9-4 and four overall and beat a ranked Wisconsin without some mental toughness, without trusting, without the head coach trusting his players and the players trusting the head coach and the staff trusting each other. You don't do that without trust, a solid culture, some kind of a game plan, and somewhat of a competent staff and competent roster. You don't do that. That right there, going 9-4 and four while losing to Bowling Green, while having to face Ohio State, which, let's face it, I'd say with the current state that Ohio State's in, scheduling them or having them on your schedule as a Big Ten West team is a near-death sentence. That's essentially a guaranteed loss unless you can find them at home, like in your home, and even then, that's a tall order to face a team like Ohio State who's much more talented, who's very much schematically ahead, partially because of the talent, but also the large swaths of money their school dedicates to their football program to hire better coordinators, to hire better analytics guys, and in this case of the world of NIL, help even pay for those better players. At least, if we're being honest here, that's what's going on. But this makes what Fleck has done all the more impressive. He's 2-3 and three versus rival Wisconsin. Two of those wins, they both came in 2018 and 2021, so he's 2-2 two and two in his past four years against Wisconsin, who's coached by a very solid coach, head coach, in Paul Christ. 23-10 and 10 in his last three years, and his teams carry, again, this mental toughness, this mental edge, they don't give up. The whole row of the boat, the whole row of the boat mantra, phrase, it that just embodies that his teams, they never give up. There's a hole in the boat, well, then you got to start bailing it. You got to start bailing out the water. And that's exactly what P.J. Fleck did this year. Injuries. Getting humiliated at home by Bowling Green. Same thing with losing to Illinois, who was not, they, they weren't a very good team, and they themselves didn't go bowling. He lost to two bad teams at home and dealt with several injuries and nonetheless found a way to beat Wisconsin. And not just beat Wisconsin, but they, toward the end of that game, Minnesota was dominating Wisconsin. They knew how to lock down Wisconsin's one-dimensional offense. They forced Graham Mertz to throw, and they won by 10 points and recaptured Paul Bunyan's axe. So all of these things, his resume, I think, just proves that he's an underrated coach. How can you rank a coach like that who has done the job that he has done at Minnesota in the bottom seven, bottom six, bottom five of Big Ten head coaches? You can't. And I think entering 2022, there's no doubt that he should be in the top seven of Big Ten head coaches if we are to predict how teams are going to do in 2022. There are two key factors here that I think are going to help 
predict Minnesota's success. Could this be P.J. Fleck's best coaching job yet? We'll see. It'll depend on what Minnesota does. It'll depend, by that I mean, how Kirk Scirocco blends with the offense. He's been away for two years, which may not sound like a lot of time, but in the world of college football, with all the different changes that are going on, that could seem like a few decades, like two decades. So that is one factor, certainly is just how well the players and the staff blend. I think Minnesota has certainly made staff upgrades, mainly in hiring Kirk Scirocco back. Minnesota has just have, they have so many solid staff members. It's crazy. Kirk Scirocco, Matt Simon, who helped develop Rashad Bateman, who's developing Chris Ottman Bell nicely. And Joe Rossi is still here a guy who, again, commanded the sixth-best scoring defense in 2021 and who has a solid room of linebackers as well. And you also have Paul Haynes, who's going to be in his first season as the co-defensive coordinator for Minnesota. He's also the cornerbacks coach, too. So Minnesota's staff, it's a very solid staff, and that will help, especially on offense, with 80% of the offense returning their 80% of the offense is back, of their production is back from 2021. And with a new upgraded staff, a better OC, Minnesota is going to be scoring more touchdowns than they were last year. And that, as Paul Christ put it at Big Ten Media Days in 2021, the goal of football, or I'm paraphrasing what he said, but he said something similar to, the goal of football is obviously to outscore your opponent, (laughs) which is a very simplified, but getting to the point, it's a very simplified definition of what you want to do in college football. You want to be able to score, move the ball, and with the offensive era that we are in, 2021 was kind of a more of a defensive year than we have been used to in the college football playoff era, but still with the offensive minds that we have, the spread being adopted by almost everyone, it's important that your offense is competent. And I think Minnesota's offense, with the amount of returning production they have, especially with Tanner Morgan at quarterback, Muhammad Ibrahim, and Trey Potts at running back, who appear to be doing well, even after their serious injuries, especially Ibrahim rupturing his Achilles. P.J. Flex says he's doing pretty well. And center John Michael Schmitz returning as well. He's the only member of the offensive line who returns, But if that's to be anyone, you want your center, your leader, to return out of all of your offensive linemen if you had to pick one. This sets up Minnesota to have, I think, a much better offense than they did under Mike Sanford Jr. this past season. Minnesota also returns the most sixth-year seniors in the Big Ten, the most COVID-rule seniors out of all the Big Ten teams. Steve Dace talked about this on his... Bigger 10 podcast, which you can find on his page. I think it's just titled Michigan Podcast. And I do watch him a lot. And this is a nice point of his that he did that he did bring up that Minnesota returning the most six-year seniors in the Big Ten, it's a big deal. It helped Illinois and Brett Bielema have a solid for have a solid for Illinois standards first year in 2021 where he was able to upset Penn State 
and upset Minnesota, where there was solid trench play, which just screams Brett Bielema mid-2000s, early 2010s Wisconsin style of football. Their run game was solid. Just six-year seniors help. Better chemistry, more experience, more maturity, both physically, mentally. That's going to help Minnesota and P.J. Fleck do well in 2022. These are the two points that I'm looking for for Minnesota to do well. I have Minnesota just briefly talking about my record prediction for them. I have them going 9-3. and three. And I think that Minnesota can go anywhere from barely going bowling. I don't think they're going to have anything close to a losing season. But having about the same, maybe a little bit worse of a season than they did last year would be their floor. This team's ceiling is, I think, having 11, possibly 11 regular season wins, which would be huge for the program and certainly an improvement off of the 2019 season. And with 11 regular season wins, I can only imagine that would be the equivalent to outright winning the West, or at least tying for first, let's say if Wisconsin has a really good year two or something, and winning the whole, winning the division. So my record prediction for Minnesota is 9-3. and three. I have them losing at Michigan State, losing at Nebraska, losing on the road to a Wisconsin team who is going to have revenge on their mind. I think Minnesota's floor is around that 8-4, and four, maybe 7-5 and five range. Their ceiling again being 11-2. and two. And I have Nebraska finishing first in the West. I have Minnesota finishing second. And I could very well see the two of those being flipped. I think that it's those two programs that have separated themselves from the pack just with upgrading their staff, bringing in especially better offensive staff for Minnesota. It's going back to what they know works in Kirk Sharaka. For Nebraska, it's bringing in Mark Whipple, Donovan Riola, bringing in Mickey Joseph, and yeah, and also just finding good players, whether it's getting them to return and using their COVID eligibility year. Both have used the transfer portal, more so Nebraska than Minnesota, but Minnesota has brought in two offensive linemen in Quinn Carroll and Chuck Filiega from Notre Dame and Michigan, respectively, two schools who are known to have good players on the line of scrimmage. That'll help with Minnesota's decreased production on offensive line. Minnesota has also brought in one, two, three defensive line players through the portal in Kyler Baugh, Darnell Jeffries, and Lorenza Sugars. So I think that all these things are going to work out in Minnesota's favor. Nebraska, as you know, through the portal brought in Casey Thompson and Trey Palmer, others as well. So these two programs, I think, have separated themselves from the rest of the Big Ten West in a way. Purdue, you also got to watch them because I like what Jeff Brom's doing at Purdue, and I've made a video on that. Wisconsin and Iowa are always contenders as well. And Pat Fitzgerald likes to pull surprises too. But Minnesota's a very underrated team. P.J. Fleck is even more of an underrated coach, and I think the job that he's doing at Minnesota can't be ignored. And it is, and it's only going to feed Minnesota's mentality, their mental toughness. It's going to increase their desire to win and come in and go out with a bang. So Minnesota, 
I think they're going to have a good 2022 year, and I can't wait to see how they do, whether they fulfill my prediction or go or go above and beyond it and potentially win the West, which I think is a real possibility. Thank you all for watching. If you are new to this channel, make sure to like this video, hit the subscribe button, click the notification bell, and comment your thoughts down below. If you are on the YouTube channel or if you're listening through Spotify, just follow my channel. Thank you all for watching. Again, make sure to comment your thoughts down below on PJ Fleck in Minnesota. I'd love to hear them and converse about them. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you guys around. Bye.